You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. All right, welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. With me today, I have my good friend and co-host, John Matola. How are you doing, John? Very good. Thank you. Very good. All right. If you want to keep up to date on the show, you can subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast software you use. You can also subscribe on YouTube and click the bell for notifications. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links to all that are at deeppurplepodcast.com. You can also contact us at info at deeppurplepodcast.com. And to support future episodes on Patreon, to help new people discover the show, you can leave us a rating on iTunes. All right. Probably probably butchered that. Sounds like we know what we're doing, even though we haven't <laughs> done any of this before. And uh, truth be told, I don't even know how to upload a podcast, so I'm going to figure that out after we record this. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. So this is something we were uh, texting about a, a couple weeks ago, and kind of telling you my ideas that uh, I've had this bubbling up in my mind for a while to do a podcast on Deep Purple because there's so much material out there. And um, the interesting thing is I, I was looking for a podcast on Deep Purple so that I could listen to one. And lo and behold, I couldn't find a single podcast on Deep Purple. All I found was episodes of individual podcasts. So, um, so then I thought... Well, I guess I got to call up John and see if he wants to do a podcast on Deep Purple since we've been talking <laughs> about them for years. So, yeah. Um, so for starters, we wanted to just kind of talk about how we got into Deep Purple, what uh, our history is with the band, and I don't know. I don't know if I actually know how you got started on Deep Purple. Yeah, I was I was uh, thinking about it because in you know preparation for talking about it tonight. I can't remember how I got into them. I mean, I have an idea of how I got into them. Like I have my early memories of like, you know, listening to them and everything, but it was probably um, like when I first got into music, um, you know, when I was like, like 12, 13, whatever. And I was like, you know, um, I, I started off like listening to, to hair metal because uh, that was like the late eighties. So it was like, you know, um, you know, poison and bands like that. And, um, the, the magazines that I picked up at the time, like, um, hit parader and circus, um, of course they all had those bands in there, but they also like, um, you know, would have like a nod to like the, the older bands, you know, like they still covered like, um, you know, Aerosmith and black Sabbath and, and deep purple and, you know, bands from that era, which were, you know, at the time, only like 10, 15 years before. Right. So, um, you know, they would have like pieces on there, like, you know, uh, the classic albums by Deep Purple or whatever. So, you know, they were always kind of in the background or somebody was mentioning them as an influence and they just, um, you know, just like how I got into any other band that I was into, they just like something interested me about them. And so I think I got like Deepest Purple, which was like the compilation. Oh yeah, like a greatest hit sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, which was like I remember the the cassette had like you know the just it was like this generic album cover. It had like a guitar on the front with like you know a purple light around it or something. It was really 
kind of stupid if you think about <laughs> it. But I mean, but I mean, you know, the track listing had like all their greatest hits and everything. And so, it, you know, I, I think it started off with um, with Speed King, and you know, and I mean, I had heard like Smoke on the Water. I mean, I don't think anybody hadn't, but I mean, I had heard like all their other stuff, and I was just like, wow, this shit's heavy, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, and then I was like confused because then halfway through the album, like Stormbringer was there and I'm just like, why does Ian Gillen sound like that? And, you know, it's like, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. You know, it's like, I was like, I didn't know anything about the band, but you know, just like anything else, I got my hands on like more, you know, um, like, you know, issues of like, you know, the, my, my favorite magazines and stuff at the time. And like, just like learned about them, you know, however you learned about things back then and, you know, just like, like got way, way into them, you know, and then, um, you know, I guess that's, you know, when I, when I met you, you, I guess you got into them as well. Well, so. I, I think I got into them from our mutual friend, Paul. Um, and I, you know, of course I'd heard probably Speed King and Smoke on the Water and Hush, which I mm. didn't think, I, I don't think I even knew was Deep Purple, but you just kind of hear it on like, b101 or whatever the oldie station was that we we're listening yeah. listening to um and for the longest time i thought it was that was ian gillen singing that song because i had no idea um and i remember paul had um what was it nobody's perfect that live yeah album. yeah yeah and i i think he he had that he didn't have the perfect strangers album mm -hmm. um so i didn't really know the material they were playing on the live album then he had um uh, who do we think we are yeah so i remember being over his house and listening to that and him probably mentioning that he had heard about it from you or whatever and uh just listening to that i just remember that um nobody's perfect album where they're uh, ian gillen and richie blackmore are trading like you know he's singing his guitar solos and singing yeah. over his guitar solos probably furthering the hatred that they had for each other <laughs> <laughs> just you know like he's he's singing yeah. along a, oodle, 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 like to all the all the notes that he was playing and i could just see like like now knowing what i know now just probably see richie just hating it um and then uh, they, they would like trade off lines and stuff and richie would play something and ian would sing it and back and forth which was pretty <clears> cool um and then i really got into who do we think we are um yeah like a lot which is funny because um looking at like documentaries and things now everyone that everyone like deep purple aficionados kind of kind of scoff at that album they say they say it's not mm -hmm. any good or oh they were just phoning it in but i still yeah. really love that album i think it's i think it's really great and maybe because it was my entry point and then you know from there you got into you know in rock and machine head and stuff like that and then just mm -hmm. kind of that was it like for a while just listen to those albums and didn't really um, know anything about before or after Ian Gillen and Roger Glover. Yeah, yeah, I think that was um, that was uh, my, you know, my my entry point was the 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 greatest hits, you know, mm -hmm. and I kind of followed whatever the um, whatever like you know like the history that I read about them or whatever like you know the. The, what I was reading about them at the time was just like, these are the classic albums you have to have. And so I would like go out with my allowance and like buy them mm -hmm. and just be like, you know, mesmerized by like, you know, it's just like, oh, and 
you know, like in rocks, the best album, which, which it is. Um, I still think it is. It's one of the, you know, great early albums and everything. And then, um, you know, um, I would go to like these, like, uh, used, used, uh, tape stores and like, um, um, like record shows or Salvation Army. And when I found like, you know, them, like the albums before, like, you know, like Mark one, like the first three albums, I thought I was going to like, I thought I was going to pass out. I'm like, Oh, I've got to get to hear like early deep purple. And it was like, and I thought like, Oh, this kind of stinks. You know, it's just like that kind of like sixties, like just bland sixties rock, you know? Yeah. Uh, which not all of it's bad. You know, I actually liked the third album, like before they, you know, did the concerto album, you know, before they, yep. you know, the other guys dropped out. I actually liked that one the best because it was the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, not my, my favorite period of the band, you know, from, you know, I mean, that's the reason that it's not everybody's is because it's really not the most interesting, you know, it's like, I've kind of tried to get into it, but. I think it's like uh, early, uh, it was, they hadn't quite kind of hit their stride yet. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, listening back, like uh, recently I, I listened to all three of those albums again, like just with a fresh perspective of not yeah. probably having not listened to them in almost 20 years. Yeah. Um, and you know, I it's you just catch these little glimpses of like all oh, that you can hear, like particularly Richie John and Ian locking in and thinking, "Oh, that's like that's it. That's actually Deep Purple. That's the Deep Purple mm-hmm. that I kind of know and and love." And you yeah. can hear these these little segments where you're, these flashes of genius. And um, but there's there are a lot of covers, you know. They, yeah, they're, they're doing. I I think it's on one of the albums they do like help. Like, but it's like yeah. seven minutes long. <laughs> it's because they slow yeah. the tempo down, which which is a cool idea. Like the slowing the tempo down is, you know, something that uh, John Lennon had always said he wanted to record that as a slow, sad yeah. song because it's a cry for help. And the record label like, no, it has to be poppy. Speed it up. Uh, so they were kind of like almost making a nod to what he originally wanted. But at the end of the day, I don't think John Lennon wanted a seven minute song there. Um, yeah, which which is funny because like that's one of those songs that I didn't even know it was like somebody else's song until later you know right it's 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 (laughs) when somebody covers a song like that that's so out there i mean it's i always used to be like a purist like if you're covering a song it's got to be as close to the original as possible and i don't think that anymore because why why bother if it's exactly the same but when you when sometimes these bands do a cover that's so far out there that you're like why didn't you just write new lyrics and it would be your own song you know what i mean like Sometimes the chords aren't even the same, and you're just like, if you just wrote your own lyrics and sang them with the same melody you're using, you'd have mm-hmm. your own song, like, <laughs> and you wouldn't, you'd be able to get royalties from it. So it's <laughs> it's a weird, um, yeah. It's 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 weird that they did that, but but yeah, listening to those those early albums, I only heard those way 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 later, yeah, and. Um, you know, that was definitely like learning that they're, wait, Ian Gillen wasn't the original singer? This is crazy. Um, well, because when we, like, I think, like, that's, I I want to say that's how we met because, like, you you knew Paul from way back, and I met him in school, mm-hmm. and we all liked Deep Purple. And I knew I liked, I remember I liked going to his house and listening to Deep Purple yeah. Uh, amongst other things, and you know, watching the watching the Princess Bride, and you know, uh, whatever the hell else we did, like you know, just laying out like you know sheets of like you know um, art paper and just like sketching like you know oh, stuff, yeah, which yeah. 
you know, and so I just remember being up there and I, I don't know if you were there too, but it was just like, maybe like you, me and him, like, you know, in his, in his house in the summer with that air conditioning cranking, you know, on like a hot day or whatever. We'd be like, I remember we'd be listening to something like, you know, it was, um, you know, maybe it was made in Japan or some, some deep purple album and they'd be like drawing pictures of deep purple and it was like you know or all stuff that was like related to that era you know of like music you know um i think um i remember like you know around that time that's when i thought that like you know uh stormbringer and those albums were like really um you know um exciting you know i really liked those a lot because i mean i you know i because i then i thought it was fascinating because it's like you know when you work your way backwards it's just like you know oh i only knew david coverdale from like white snake you know and then it's just like 80s white snake and then i was like oh yeah there was coverdale from the 70s you know and then <laughs> and then like you're just like wow you know that's he, he made some cool music and then you know then you and then this is how we you know branch out and then that's how you discover you know white snake and then and tommy bolin and then all those other projects and like um Actually, I remember that's how we discovered the butterfly ball, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Jesus Christ superstar and like all that, because it's like, and then, you know, from that, it's just like, you could go on and on, you know, and maybe, the- maybe that's how Paul had gotten. Cause we, we were very much into Jesus Christ superstar, like in early high school and yeah. just listened to it nonstop. And I think Paul had probably gone like, you know, back then when you, we didn't have the internet, you just, I don't even know. I can't even remember how you used to find things out back then, but some, <laughs> somehow you found out that um, oh my God, Ian Gillen was you know the singer that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ from Jesus Christ Superstar had a band, and you're like, what? That's crazy! And then you yeah. listen to, then you found out, oh, it's Deep Purple, and you go and you to your record store and find. That's probably when he just perked up the first album he found, which was probably Nobody's Perfect, and we listened to that and thought, wow, this is. This is uh, it's weird hearing Jesus in a rock band, (laughs) you know, and and he recorded all that. I think when he was either just in Deep Purple or right before he even started with Deep Purple between. like so. so. It's it's just weird to think of that. And as far as like it wasn't until I we started hanging out that I even learned about that there was a Mark three and a Mark four and um learning that David Coverdale was in Deep Purple like completely blew my mind. It would be like, I don't know, learning if uh learning if you know, Jenny Lane was had previously been the lead singer of uh, you know, Iron Butterfly or something. I just it was just a weird it was like, wait, like the guy from White Snake, he he was in Deep Purple? Like what I and then when you played me Burn and Stormbringer for the first time, that that went from like just a passing interest in Deep Purple to absolutely being in love with them just like yeah. that era um and i know it's it you know we we probably are sounding like uh jerks to the older generation who are like how do you guys not know this you know um but it's the you know the way that we discovered discovered this in like this weird haphazard order um yeah and you know hearing that music is what really pushed me over the edge and i and i have huge love for all all eras of deep purple but that is uh that to me is always going to be the best stuff yeah yeah for sure i mean um 
I think it was just like, you know, back then, like discovering all of it just made it all exciting. You know what I mean? It's just like, um, it was like discovering new bands, you know, within like one band, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because they, I don't know, they, they were like, they all had that common thread running through it, but then it was like, uh, you know, which was, um, I mean, up until Tommy Bolin, which was like, you know, Richie and like, um, you know, the, um, the rhythm section, um, you know, all pretty much was like, you know, they sounded this, um, you know, I mean, it was all sounded the same, you know what I mean? That was like the, the running through, but I mean, even though like, you know, Richie from the first album and Richie to like Stormbringer were completely different, you know, because like completely different songwriting and everything like that. But it was like, I don't know, that, that documentary you sent me, it was just like, you know, they were just like, um, there was one part of it where they were just like, oh, it was like completely different bands. And like, I don't know. And I never saw it that way you know right right and you can see how you would see that now looking back that's like it's almost it's almost crazy that they still called it deep purple because it did kind of change every time like yeah it's not really consistent like it's you know every mark one mark two mark three and mark four every one was very different than the other one you've got the consistent three guys and you know the changing of the bass player and the uh and the singer and the guitar player just really uh it's just changed everything each time which which i always thought was interesting that it's just like you know i was like i always wondered like 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 did they like purposely change the singer and bass player like twice it's like like what are the chances that that happens you know it's just like i don't know when i was younger i was always like is that a thing like what is that yeah why are the, why do they always come and go in pairs right it's yeah it's, yeah it's a strange uh strange setup <laughs> yeah yeah but um but i think the most interesting thing about that is like you know what we were talking about and i think what you wanted to base a lot of the podcast on um is is that like all of like the i think i touched on it earlier like all the kind of off offsprings of like you know music that that we discovered i know that i discovered from deep purple because there were so many people and it was like such like it was such like good music too it's just like when i was listening to it it was like it was like um i don't know like the the extended jams and everything and like you know it was like it was like prog rock but it was interesting to me because i'm not really a prog rock person like i could listen to like you know like a 10 minute deep purple song i could listen to like you know child in time or um, you know, any of their extended live jams or whatever, but I couldn't listen to like, you know, um, like, yes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do get into that like a little bit, probably dip my toes a little bit more into prog rock than you do, but like, yeah. like, a, like Ian Gillen band is like straight up prog rock, you know, yeah. but, it, but I mean, it's, it's accessible for some reason and because it's Ian Gillen, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What a, I mean, yeah, you, we could have a whole and probably will have a whole episode on <laughs> on Ian Gillen band alone, but um, coming back to Butterfly Ball, I remember that really distinctly. That's where you and I probably lock up the most yeah. is in our love for Butterfly Ball and um, l- learning, you know, like, I remember you playing me, uh, might have been sitting in a dream or something, oh. like, like, that's, like, Ronnie James Dio? Like, what, yeah. like, h- how is how is that possible? Cause I only have knew him from Dio and from black yeah. Sabbath. And, um, I didn't, I didn't even really know rainbow, uh, that well at that point. It just blew my mind that 
he could have that side to him. And then later on discovered Elf and just like, well, how is this the same guy? Um, like <laughs> I know. I, I couldn't believe it. And that that's the kind of level of layers to this band that I really want to explore and why I think you could literally have almost unlimited episodes of a podcast just exploring all these people that are tied into Deep Purple even in some way, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And oh, you, yeah, it's not absolutely. even like a, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of thing. It's like a one degree, you know, like like Ronnie James Dio was in Rainbow with Richie Blackmore, you know. Ronnie James Dio was on the Butterfly Ball, you know. All of these people are connected by one. If you got two degrees out, you're probably talking like, a hundred bands. If you get three degrees yeah. out, you're probably talking every band that's come out of uh, England in the past 50 years. <laughs> but I mean, I can't even like, you know, I can't even like remember where I like, you know, and it wasn't even like, you know, a conscious thing, you know, um, it was just like, you know, I had read somewhere that like, you know, Ian Gillen was, was in the movie, you know, which must've been a misprint at the time, you know, Ian oh, Gillen, yep. he was supposed to be in the movie. Right, um, you had like some tour schedule thing or something. That's what I, I like, right. heard. Yeah, right. So I went, you know, I went out and like, you know, went to the video store and like, you know, like looked for the Jesus Christ Superstar movie and like watched the whole thing and didn't see him. And I'm like, what the hell, man? You know, and I'm just like, who's this guy? But wound even up, when like, Jesus what? came on, like you were like waiting, like, well, maybe he's playing a different part. Or... Yeah, yeah, like maybe he's like, maybe there are two Jesus. <laughs> Maybe when I didn't he, know what to think. Maybe when he rises so, from the dead, he's Ian Gillen. Uh, yeah, I, exactly. Wait till the bitter end. <laughs> but, you know, then that, like, you know, started my obsession with, like, Ted Neely and, like, you know, mm-hmm. seeing him on, like, the 94, like, revival and going to meet him a bunch of times and, like, you know, finding a solo album, like, at this, you know, in a Salvation Army and stuff. And then, you know, um, the, the, um, you know, the, the uh, Yvonne Elliman who played Mary Magdalene was like, you know, she also had a disco hit yeah, and she like, yeah. you know, sang with Eric Clapton and then it's just like, and then I liked Eric Clapton and then it was just like, you know what I mean? It can just keep going on and on. Yeah. And like, not just with that alone, you know, and then like, and then, you know, um, even other people from Jesus Christ was superstar. Like, um, the, who was the, the guy in it? Uh, Murray Head who yeah. had like that, um, who had that hit in the eighties yeah, one and night. Like, well, well, it was from uh, the movie, the musical Chess, right? One night in Bangkok. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. and I remember, like years later, like maybe like like ten or ten or twelve years ago, like I was out like in a club with my friends, and like you know, it was like a like a retro '80s night, and I heard that, and I'm just like, and I and I was like, oh, this is a great song, and I looked it up, it was like Murray Head, I'm like ah, oh, the guy from Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> so ten years later, it was like it was still blowing my mind. All these connections of people that I had like heard before, liked them in something, or how they were related to like you know this band. You know, yeah, and I, I mean, I think all music is like that, but I don't think there's another band that's as intertwined with all that stuff as Deep Purple, and that's what that's what has always fascinated me. And yeah, you, you know, like, you know, prep, like I've been kind of doing homework on on getting something like this started for a while, and just I mapped out, you know, a spreadsheet of all the just the people that are in Deep Purple. And all the albums they've been on. So if you take every album Ian Pace has played on, every album Richie Blackmore, every album Ian Gillen, every member of Deep Purple, just that alone is like 350 albums. <laughs> not wow. not including live albums. So, you know, I didn't even include live albums in that. So I and, and that doesn't touch 
any of the people that have passed through that, you know, like that doesn't that doesn't even go, you know, so that goes all of Rainbow, but it does that doesn't branch off to Ronnie James Dio and it goes to Ian Gillen band, but doesn't branch off to whatever Ray Fenwick was doing, you know, so like there's all of these avenues you could take off of there and it's got to be thousands of of recordings and live shows and everything else and i mean yeah. just just the people i'm i mean, honestly if we were gonna do uh a, a, like a review or a or a i don't even know like uh a discussion on the butterfly ball i could see that going five or ten episodes just <laughs> and i'm not even joking just like take like you just take the first song you know like and who played on this well what bands were they in and you know i mean you you, you know then you could go through all that and then you could talk about the live the, the movie slash live concert of the butterfly ball and there's just which i still haven't seen well that's gonna be something we'll have to i mean we could just watch that and record you should maybe just not see it yeah because it would be great to see your reactions to it in real time <laughs> a reaction video yeah because um it's insanity i um, mean that's like that was like i i mean you know let's let's talk about not being able to find that stuff you know it's oh. just like i mean now right where did you what did you find it on youtube or something well originally i had it came uh, they released it on dvd i want to say it was 10 or 11 years ago i think it was like right before i got married and mm -hmm. My wife got really into the Butterfly Ball just because she had no choice, really, because I'd play it all the time. Um, but she really liked it, you know, and because it's, I mean, she loves quick, uh, you know, poppy songs, and that album, God, the, the songs are like two, two minutes, three minutes in and out and just inter, yeah. intertwining with each other. And um, so we had... Uh, we had listened to that and, and when it came out on DVD, I said, we got to watch this, you know? So, so we watched it and just, you know, it's, it's, it's the, you know, when they say like, you know, if you could have dinner with anyone living or dead, who would it be? You know, like if I could yeah. be at any, like if I had a time machine, I would be, I would waste it. I wouldn't go to like, Oh, I'm going to go see the battle of Waterloo or whatever. I would, I would go back and watch that concert they put on for the butterfly <laughs> ball because wow. it is, the most amazing concert you could possibly imagine with everybody just come walk David Coverdale walking on stage, singing a song and then going like this and walking off. And then all of a sudden Ian Gillen's on stage singing Ronnie James Dio's um, parts. Cause he wasn't available for whatever reason. <clears throat> um, wow. And it's just incredible. However, unfortunately they, whoever they are, decided that that wasn't good enough. They had to, you know, dress people up as rabbits and, and film them, like, hopping through the woods and intertwine that with the live footage of the concert. So so you're watching this amazing, like, they have these extended jams on some of the songs that are unbelievable. There's this violin player that comes in and does these violin solos. I don't even know who it is. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then they cut to, like, some people dressed up as, as animals having a tea party in the forest, and you're just like... <laughs> And filmed like with a budget of of you know practically nothing. Um, wow! And, and all you can think of is like just like you just kind of trying to like see if you can look around to see if the concert's behind it, you know. Um, and uh, it's it's, but it just just the music alone, and if you just listen to the audio of it, it's it's really cool performance. And and seeing what you can see of the concert makes it worth it, despite the fact that there's a lot of weirdness going on. Well, I mean, it was probably part for the chorus at that time, uh, you know, the weirdness. Um, but 
Um, yeah, I would, I would love to, I would love to see it, you know, I mean, especially after the way you've hyped it up, because like, I mean, I remember like finding out that there was a movie of it and I didn't know what the, like, I remember not knowing what the movie was, but I wanted to see it. Mm -hmm. And so like, I drove down, <laughs> I drove down to my local blockbuster you know, thinking why would you they have it? it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thinking at first. So I looked all over and they had this book. It was like, it's like this, it was like as thick as a Bible. And it had like, you know, and it was like, you know, and like the print was like as big as like a phone book. And I would like flip through it. And it's like, you could find like, they didn't have it, but you could find like any title. That in this. Existed, so now, yeah. now that I'm wondering why, I don't know why the hell they even had that book. Because it's like, you'd be like, oh, do you have this? And they're like, no. I'm like, why do you have this book here? You know, <laughs> so it was like, so, so I, I think I remember finding the butterfly ball in it and just being like, Oh, do you have this? And the guy was like, what are you, some kind of weirdo? You know, like, <laughs> what is this? I don't even, I've never heard of it before. You know, it's like, do you, you want to rent true lies, you know, or something? I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, and so, yeah, there's no, and now you can just dial it up on like, you know, uh, YouTube or something or do a quick Google search and probably find the whole thing or just order from somewhere. But, you know, back then it was so hard. Oh yeah. And, things, and then when, when my, my parents had gotten the internet really early when I was like in high school and then they got rid wow. of it for like a while, like to the point where it's like, didn't even matter. Cause there was, you know, there were news groups and stuff like that. And yeah, it wasn't anything. Yeah. No, you'd go. Yeah. You'd go like, I remember just like going on a website and like finding the script for it wasn't even a website whatever it was like a news group and I found the script for like an Indiana Jones movie and I was like great and I printed it up and I'm like then why <laughs> why did I do that um that, that's the kind of things you would do and but I, I remember like there were certain like news I know like uh, I don't even know list serves and things like that. And you could, you could sign up for newsletters that were all in like the ASCII. There'd be like an ASCII graph graphic at the top. And then you could scroll down and there'd be like updates on deep purple. And there was one called the, the bottom line for bass players and things like that. And, right. um, but I did remember like in the early, early nineties, uh, doing some of that stuff. And then, um, when I was in college, I think my parent, my parents had gotten the internet again for like a second time, but it was like, Ooh, this is more advanced. There was like actual web pages. It's probably like 1995. Yeah. And, um, they, uh, I remember like you could search, you go to Alta Vista or whatever, or Hotbot and search for like, <laughs> and find these. And it was, it was actually great. All these GeoCities pages of, of like fans just putting up stuff and, and, and there yeah. was no audio or no video really, but it was, um, just like just memorabilia and pictures and stories and things. And that's where you'd learn kind of that, some of that stuff. And there were some websites where you could order. And I, I explained this to some like at work, like to some of the younger people and they, they, I don't think they really believe me, but there was like, you could, um, you could find like this, like you could find the butterfly ball there and it would be like, you'd have to like print out the order form from the website and then write a check and mail it to the person, like <laughs> whatever, and they could send it to you. It would be overseas, and it would take like eight weeks to get it. Jeez. And um, it's kind of crazy to think, even though I was an adult while that was happening, that that actually was how it worked. And I don't never really did that. But my parents, when I was in college, took a uh, one of their anniversaries a trip to England, and. I uh, went to, all to Europe, but England was always concerned about because 
I was like, go to Tower Records and buy these <laughs> CDs. And they did. And they came back with the extended version CD of Butterfly Ball with with the tracks from Wizards Convention at the end, like six tracks selected. Wow. Um, wow. And just being like, and there was a few other albums. I can't really remember what, but that was the big one. And just being like, wow. You I've know got... what? I remember that. I remember that now. Because previous, like... previous to that, I had a, a, a copy cassette of whatever you had and it didn't have Little Chalk Blue on it for whatever reason. They left oh, that off yeah. the cassette. And you had the legit cassette for that was purchased, but um, it did, I think they I, have, put... I think I might still have it somewhere. The the I don't know if I had a cassette. I definitely had the CD. Yeah, and they did. They didn't include Little Chalk Blue because that was and that was the first time I I had heard this. Imagine hearing this album that you love more than anything for yeah. years, and then hearing, oh my God, there's a song that from that album that isn't on the album I have, and and hearing that for the first time. Actually, I'm I'm starting to wonder like if um because I mean I have like I, I should dig through the next time we talk like you know my boxes of cassettes and find them because I know that I must have had a cassette version of it because I remember getting the CD version or a CD version when it came out and hearing like extra songs mm-hmm. from that and like being the same way like it blowing my mind be like there's more songs you know it's like <laughs> and it was awesome you know. Um, I still think so, of Little Chalk Blue as the new song. Like, I just like <laughs> the new song because I heard it from like from 20, like forty years ago. <laughs> yeah, 20, 20 plus years ago that I heard it for the first time. But I'm like, oh, that's yeah. the new song from this album, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it's um, yeah, this is like turning into the butterfly ball episode because yeah, it's like bound that's to happen. What more, more, I'm most excited about, you know? But it's, well, it's it's crazy that they've they've they did as much music as they did for so long and um hearing some more recent interviews with them talking about like um richie blackmore being at the rock and roll hall of fame induction and not being there or whatever and you know ian gillen saying well you know steve morris has been the guitar player in this band for 25 years now (laughs) you know like or almost 25 years like like he's played in this band way longer than Richie has and you know this is the band as it is now and and granted I'm not I don't I know very little about the most recent Deep Purple um I've heard some things here and there but I'm I'm open to exploring that with a open mind and hearing that some of that stuff for the first time and hearing what it's all about yeah I mean I haven't listened to much of it but and uh you know I don't you know I've heard some stuff about you know that that hall of fame stuff but it's like i don't i don't buy that you know because like um you know that i mean i yeah he has been the guitar player for like 25 years but i mean is that you know is that really downplaying like the fact that like you know richie was like more influential i mean it's you know like um you know you have the same uh, you know kiss fans have the same argument too you know it's just like oh well uh, you know, such and so the new guys have been in the band for this long. And like, you know, the, the original guys weren't, you know, it's like, yeah, but that's not the point. You know, right, <laughs> the right. point is, is like, who was more influential? It doesn't matter who's a better player, who's there now. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like, um, you know, Steve Morris is not as uh, interesting as Richie, you know, um, at all. You know, I don't think he will ever be, you know, I mean, it's just like, uh, and I, that's all personal preference too. Um, yeah, you know, it's yeah. just like, you know, he, he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't wear a pilgrim hat. He doesn't demand <laughs> to play at dusk and, uh, you know, <laughs> storm off stage and like, you know, it's like all this, stuff. but I mean, just the fact too, it's like, you know, the, the, like 
I think the thing that really like made, you know, they, the, what did they call him? The man in black, you know, cause yep. he was always, you know, um, because he seemed like an old man even back then. And he must've been like, he was probably like 20, 28 or something, <laughs> but it's like that Denmark 1972 concert. Yeah. Was, was, it was still, it's like, I mean, I probably watched it like over the years, like, you know, like, uh, and I have like a DVD copy. I've gotten a DVD copy since then because yeah. I got like, you know, bootleg VHS copy and watched it like nonstop. Isn't that place in like uh, for Route 44 that used to sell the bootlegs like across from Apple Valley? Um, they used to sell like all sorts of bootlegs. I remember we would stop in there and pick up stuff and I, I, I seem to remember you got it there, but... Um, either that or was like at a record show or something, you know, because they would have like, um, you know, record shows and they'd have like, you know, all the, all the guys set up around there with like their boxes of records. And then like, you know, just like the little, like, you know, like 12 inch, like TV with the VCR under it, playing all their bootleg tapes and stuff with the homemade covers and stuff. And I think I still wonder if I still, yeah, I probably still have it back here with my VHSs with like, you know, and like the, the, um, what is it? The, um, the Dymo label thing, you know, it's just <laughs> yeah. like purple line with live in Denmark on the side. that's like peeling off now. And yep. I would have no way of playing it, but, um, I, but I do, yeah, you I, know, I, that over the year, that concert, I have played it like more times because it's still one of the best shows like by any band I think I've ever seen. Fantastic. And that I think was the first video thing that really you had played for me watching yeah. that in your basement and just being like blown away. I just remember Ian Pace's drum solo. And that is just, incredible and i'm not like a real huge drum solo guy but yeah i was just floored by his drum solo on that and i and i feel like the one in california jam doesn't quite hit that same point but ian pace is california, ian yeah pace california is, jam was like you know probably number two you yeah. know but uh, or three but you know and in, in like some of my favorite concerts but that live in denmark is like you we could do like we we could and should do a whole show on that one because it's like mm -hmm. richie's guitar solo in it i was just like it was like mesmerizing you know yeah yeah his uh that whole show is incredible i mean that show and the and california jam alone could easily have their own episodes um but yeah, uh, their live stuff is 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 great, and, and they do so much. Uh, they do so many so many live concerts and so many interesting things that you don't necessarily hear on the albums. Um, and I've never seen them live. I mean, I've been a Deep Purple fan my pretty much my entire conscious musical appreciation <laughs> life, and I've never seen them live. I think like I think I've seen Deep Purple proper live one time, and when, it was, when was like. That? It was, it was, it was years, it was years ago. I'm pretty sure it was like, um, at, um, uh, Great Woods or I think it was still Great Woods at the time. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that John Lord was already out of the band. Okay. Um, so it was so, like 2000s, 2002, 2003. It was, it was like early 2000s. I definitely went with Derek. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, he was definitely involved somehow. I remember like, it, it just kind of being like at that point I was like, okay, I'm glad that I saw them. But even at that point, like the early two thousands, I felt like it was kind of, I don't know, like sanitized from what I was expecting, you know? Um, because like, you know, I was like, you know, expecting like, you know, like 20, 25 year old deep purple, you know what I mean? Of course they were like middle-aged guys by then. Ian Gillen came out and he looked like, you know, he just, 
I, I'll never forget. He was wearing like just all white, you know, like he looked like he was a cabana boy or something. Like he just like, you know, he just came back from vacation in the Bahamas. He's like, all right, let's do this. So I can you know, go back and, you know, <laughs> like, you know, drink out of a coconut or something. It was like, and it was, it was just kind of like, it wasn't as high energy. And I mean, I get that now. Like, well, I mean, yeah, if I see an older band, I'm not, I don't expect them to, you know, jump around like when they were like 20 but i mean at that time i was kind of disappointed you know but it's like at least i can say that i got to see them sure yeah 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 you know whereas the glenn hughes show that i saw in september was like you know um i mean i i definitely prefer like you know club shows to like you know um uh stadiums or um 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 what what is the what is a step down from that um how come i'm missing the word yeah. Um, I don't know, like just like larger venues, yeah. You know, like um, I don't think I think I'm, I haven't seen too many things in stadiums, but I mean like um, arenas. That's it, yeah. Arenas, stadiums. Yeah, like I'll I'll see a show in like a you know a you know a club or a bar or something like that. Like especially these days, because I mean you know that's most of where my favorite bands play anymore, or musicians, which is fine, you know, because I like it because it's more intimate, you know, and it's more like you know I guess raw you know and that's like you know glenn hughes was the same way you know it's like um you know they're probably like you know a couple of hundred people you know but i mean it was it was awesome you know and i mean he still brings it you know he and that's, has that's an amazing I, amount of energy for a guy in his early 70s it's incredible yeah. incredible yeah you know and i mean it's just like the i mean the the music was true to what it should be and it's just like and you know what i can't even say anything about deep purple now which is why like you know i should you know, listen to some of the albums or see some of the shows and see how it stacks up to something like that. Because I know what my preference is, you know, right, right. Uh, for, for a live show. And, um, you know, so I won't pass any judgment now, but I just remember my, you know, 20 something year old self, like seeing deep purple in the early two thousands was not, um, very impressed, but you know, I got to, you know, but I mean, it was the same with some other bands I saw like there. I think I saw Jethro Tull, you know, and stuff like that. Um, the Rolling Stones, and it didn't really have any effect on me. Yeah. You know, yeah. just because like, you know, I, I was I was always of the mindset, of just like you, if I could go back in time, I would, you know, instead of just enjoying what was in front of me, which is what I do now, but. Sure. Um, but yeah, I did, uh, I did get to see them, but it's just like, I don't remember anything really standout-ish about it. Right. And then they're going to play some of their new material. And if you're not listening to that newer stuff, it's, it's harder to, you know, you don't really, really know. I remember when we, we went to yeah. go see Dio, mm -hmm. um, it must've been like 97, 98 or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, how incredible that was. And that was in you know, the strand. So that's probably a few hundred people max yeah and, um what a great performance he did and i gotta admit a lot of the material was newer stuff that i didn't really know but it didn't matter he just i mean he was just what a what a amazing performance it was yeah i mean uh, I, I was lucky enough to see him like a bunch of times like in the in those venues and it's like you know, even when he's like, all right, something from the new album. I like only with him, I never hated the new album because it was like, he was, he was always great. You know, whereas like, if somebody's like, no, a track for our new album, I'd be like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I was that guy. Boo. Play the old stuff. Oh, like now something for our new, boo, play smoke on the water. You know, it's like, <laughs> get off the stage. I was such a jerk. 
Hopefully they didn't hear you. They probably didn't. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. Well, I think we have a lot more to talk about about that in the future. Um, mm -hmm. What time? What, what is the, what's the time stamp here? Where are we at? Oh, yeah, we're in a good spot where I think we can move on to our next segment. Okay. Um, well, we got, we got in the news here. We got a few, and surprisingly, like, you know, Google just kind of spies on you and figures out what you're into, so my Google News feed, just stuff about Deep Purple pops up all the time. <laughs> uh, so I see that uh, Richie Blackmore and Rainbow getting back together. They're going to release a new version of Black Sheep of the Family. What do you think about that? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it, um, but, I mean, that's that was never one of my favorite Rainbow songs. Yeah. Um, and just just from what I've been hearing and a couple of YouTube clips, which, you know, don't really prove anything, um, is that, that like Richie isn't really bringing it lately, you know. So it's like um, if that's true, then um, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be any good. Like that's, it's interesting that he would get the band back together and then do a version of one of his old songs. That's actually a cover of another band's song. <laughs> like it's, it's like it's a strange thing that there's you would be like oh we're gonna get rainbow back together and it's gonna have you Richie, know Richie like, blackboard is gonna be the only person that was from having to do with rainbow so you could just say it's richie blackmore they're just yeah. doing an old rainbow song he's doing an old rainbow song well yeah do man on the silver mountain or catch the rainbow or something you know it's like and then you'd be hard pressed for anybody to like do a ronnie song and like do it justice you know yeah, that is that's a that's a tall order. So let's like, I don't know anything about his vocalist now, but I mean, you know, I he better be good if he's you know doing any Ronnie stuff. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see if this works here. You see that? So yeah. So we got. Oops. I don't know how to make probably the so. <laughs> Probably one of the one of the hokiest album covers in the world. Yeah, it's very weird. Like thinking like, um, oops, Rainbow is a very funny thing for a like a heavy metal band, right? Like, Rainbows yeah. are not that badass. <laughs> yeah, but, but somehow these guys made it work. You know, I remember just being like, like even though it's kind of a hokeyish album cover, you know, with the guitar being a castle, you know, it was just kind of like I was obsessed with this album cover. It is a cool album cover, I, mean, I gotta admit. And yeah. I don't know if it's cool because I remember it from being a, you know, early teen, yeah. or if it, it is actually cool. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know as a, if I saw this for the first time as an adult, would I think it's cool? Or would I think it's kinda <laughs> lame? <laughs> You'd be like, ugh. But so this is the song, it's by a band called Quartermass who I remember seeing about all the time when reading about like extended deep purple people quarter mass was always brought up so yeah. so this is the song now here's the original have you ever heard this uh, I'm not getting any audio oh you can't it. you can't hear this no oh boy I'll have to figure this you know what? I didn't even know that Black Sheep of the Family was a um, was a cover until a few minutes ago. <laughs> so yeah. Quartermass was what, like a '60s band, or? Yeah, they were like. Um, let's see here. They were a, yeah, they were a band. Well, they were a band 
I think they were contemporary, like maybe late 60s. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing this. I don't know. You're not hearing it, though? No. Mm. Kind of ruins the effect for you. <laughs> totally. It's like, yeah, I could totally hear how different this is. <laughs> maybe if I... Can you hear that? Mm -mm. No. No, we can always, um, I guess we can always fix this in the future, but, you know. Yeah. Well, that's um, interesting. The interesting thing is it... Uh, I can listen to it later. And The interesting thing is it doesn't sound that different. <laughs> I mean, it's, not, oh. it's, not, it's pretty pretty close to the, uh, pretty close to the original. Hmm. But yeah, we'll, yeah have to, we'll have to figure out that screen sharing thing later. But I'll, um, I'll, I'll take a listen to it later because I've never, never heard that. Like the original one, which you know, kind of, kind of speaks to what you were saying earlier about like, you know, um, why would you, why would you record a song like, you know, that is, is exactly like the original, you know? Right, right. You like, know, what's the point? Which is funny because it's like, um, I mean, look at what, um, like the when I told you about like uh, the uh, Ian Gillen band's version of Child in Time, which yeah. was like, yep. which was like, say, like you know same singer awesome you know it's just like he could take it to like with any other musicians he wanted and it's still ian gillen singing it but it's like he totally changed it around and i love that version i think i've listened to that version more than the original like in the in the recent years because it's just like so cool it is a really cool uh version of the song i hadn't heard it until god a couple weeks ago <laughs> I, yeah. for some reason that album eluded me I heard yeah. Clear, Turbulence a Million Times, Scarabus, I heard a, like a few times, but um, I missed that first album somehow. Yeah. Um, also, we, in the news, we got a... This this one annoyed me, so I'm not even going to put a, a, a link to it, but, you know, you get these... I don't know, you must get these two all the time in, in Google or whatever, which is um, like all these gossipy websites like oh so and so said something and you read the article and it's always like complete exaggeration of what really happened yeah i get it from um i uh, subscribe to a uh, like a uh, blabbermouth mm -hmm. you know That's which is mostly which is mostly like rock and metal but it, you know it goes to this era as well right and the, yeah there was an article just about like oh david coverdale releads, reveals an untold secret about deep purple and i'm like well we'll I'll, we'll see about that so, <laughs> So, and so what was it? <laughs> so I clicked on the link and it it's it is a really cool story but it you know it's just a clickbaity headline because it's like this is not a new secret. This I remember when talking about reading those listservs in like 1993 off of yeah. Prodigy. I remember reading about this but it talking about how Richie Blackmore and Ian Pace were in, like jamming with Phil Lynott from uh Thin Lizzy. They were going to start a power, power trio. Oh, like, yeah. This was this is like in between Mark two and mark three i think mm -hmm. um you know so it's a really interesting story and i remember thinking that they actually had records and stuff and, and looking for years trying to find it because how great would that be but they uh, they said that i read in an interview that ian pace said they had they did record it but they they never they who knows it's probably gone lost forever or whatever mm -hmm. um it's just like a few jam sessions but it just annoyed me it's like it's not an untold story if i read about it on the proto internet in 1993, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it it I I'm I'm sure it's not a very super well known story. 
Um, well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's at least it's juicier than like if you were just like Coverdale tells an unknown secret and you click on it, it's like Richie Blackmore is hard to work with. It's like <laughs> everybody knows that. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. Well, I guess it's a step up from that. That's yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of cool because well, think about it, right? How many how many you know maybe younger fans than us maybe never knew that because you know sure that maybe that was floating around the proto the proto internet back then and like nobody's told that story in a while so maybe they just kind of dig up some you know some old stories and throw them out there because there's really nothing new to tell you know as you know I mean, and uh, you know, Coverdale has probably got a lot to say these days because he's promoting the new White Snake album and, and tour, which is actually, you know, the new songs sound pretty good. So, just FYI. Yeah, I, I would definitely be interested in listening to that. Yeah, it sounds very '80s White Snake. So, I'm all for it. So, another thing that was out there, which I think that you will really appreciate, I, I don't know if you saw this, but um, there is. Um, a reissue coming of Malice in Wonderland. Wow, and I don't think I've ever heard this. So you didn't hear this, uh, like about the reissue? Um, no, and uh, but I don't think I've ever heard the. I mean, I know of the the album. You never heard think the I've... the Malice in Wonderland album? I don't think so. No, oh, man, it's uh, it's great, and uh, it's, you know, just seeing. Oh, that's Phil Lynott. I don't know about that, but um. Some there's some something of them live. Tony Ashton is just you know out of his mind, um, <laughs> but I think this is after he'd become he he'd gotten sober, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they 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 you know they they got together right after Deep Purple split up and mm-hmm. did a did a tour around and really uh, it's hard recognizing John Lord without his sunglasses on. <laughs> I know he looks kind of pissed, and he has like a beard instead of just a mustache. It's just kind of. <laughs> No, wait a minute. Is that that's Ian Pace with the beard over there? Yeah, Ian Pace with the beard, and then John Lord. Or but I think he John Lord a... with no sun. John Lord with no sunglasses. Well, that's, he was very. That's got to be John Lord, like, right? On the right, on the upper right, that's John Lord. And then this one, yeah. Also, well, well, John Lord's in the chair with Tony Ashton, and then Ian Pace is standing. Okay. Well, I'm not. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not seeing any of that. I'm just seeing the album cover and the back cover. Oh, maybe that's why. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay, so so we're learning some good good uh All right, so that's so this is being re-released this uh this album? Yeah, it's being re- like a reissue. I think it's coming in May. Okay. So, here we go. That's maybe a better Oh, there we go. See that? So yeah, that's always. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that doesn't. So, that see doesn't Tony Ashton good. there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It looks. I don't know what he's doing. It looks like he's holding up a phone, but obviously that's not the case. <laughs> Reading the lyrics off a phone. And there's yeah, look at him. there's a uh, there's John. There's a man. Some, some good stuff there, and then we got um. Got them all there around the around the organ, and then there they are. There's Ian standing up by the by the mirror. Oh, okay, yeah. Tony 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 Ashton's a strange frontman. 
I mean, I love Tony Ashton so much, but it's <laughs> it's so funny that he was a front man. He just he's just such a uh, a loose cannon, <laughs> <laughs> an oddball. He's yeah. an oddball. He's a real oddball. But um, but that's it's well, a it's a great album. So what is what would you uh, what would you describe the music as? Um, oh man, music? it's got like that kind of. It's got like that kind of rock rollicking piano from Ashton, but then you've got John Lord's organ. There's horns, so it's got like kind of like a R and B feel to it. Okay. Um there's some really great I mean, it starts off with just some really rocking songs. Kind of almost like an Ian Gillen band kind of feel, which um you know is is really interesting. And then um probably my favorite track on it is I'm gonna stop drinking. That that's a really <laughs> really good song just about mm -hmm. his struggling with stopping drinking about Tony Ashton uh, but it's a really uh, yeah it's a really good album and and they he had also done like a big band album with uh, just Tony Ashton and John Lord when, when he was still in Deep Purple mm -hmm. um, that's cool so yeah it's, well it's I'll have to definitely uh, definitely check that out yeah it's some good stuff um, then finally, I think there's one more news, one more news piece here. Uh, no, I think that was it actually, oh. um, for, for news. Uh, so I don't know if, if I can't get this music working, I can't do my, my game. I want to do this, uh, this game where I take a random snippet of a deep purple thing and make you try to guess where it's from and who it is. I'll see yeah. if, I, if I can get this working real quick. If I can't, I'll just give up. So we got it here. You'll probably be able to see my cool placeholder because I had to. Um, here it is. I had to uh, make a placeholder so you couldn't see what the file name was or any of that. Ah, uh, okay. Let's see if you can, can. Can you hear that? No. No. Okay. No, I think you have to work out the bugs. So that's something. Yeah, that's something we'll figure out for next. Uh, um, next time yeah mm -hmm. well, yeah okay so I'll hold I'll keep this on hold for for episode two um, and you'll uh, I think you'll really enjoy that one okay and actually it'll be thematic for uh, episode two I think um, it might okay. even work better that way <laughs> um, yeah so I think that's all we got for for this week um yeah, so next week, I think, you know, just for a little sneak peek, I think I've got a, a lineup of some uh, early Deep Purple stuff before, from before any of the members of Deep Purple were in Deep Purple. And we were talking earlier about, or the other day, about it's not like a really our favorite style of music these days. Yeah. Um, you know, haven't been listening to a lot of 60s stuff. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, 60s stuff is pretty hit or miss. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, let's face it, it's very dated right now, a lot of it. You know, yes. it's like, it's um, not that it's not listenable, but it's like, not really what I want to hear all the time. There's, there's stuff, there's certain things from the 60s that hold up really well. But a lot of the mid-60s to late-60s stuff is pretty tough. And then <laughs> even from, even from bands that went on to be, uh, popular or meant to be successful, but um, so I, 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 all of this stuff is going to be between like sixty four and sixty seven or sixty eight. But mm -hmm. from a historical standpoint, very interesting hearing the backgrounds of where all these guys were coming from, and to kind of just analyze some of that music and see 
um, see what it is that they were up to before yeah. they actually formed the original Deep Purple. So, mm -hmm. so we can go through that and see how far that takes us. And if uh, you know we get through that, we can start getting into some of their albums and some of their early stuff and get through that quickly so we can spend our 10-episode arc on the Butterfly Ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this was, um, yeah, this was definitely, like, a, a good, like, first. We were kind of all over the place. Yeah. Well, I um, think some of my favorite podcasts are all about the tangents, you know? Yeah, for sure. Just just, just talking, you know, just kind of seeing where the conversation takes you. And, uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, like... I was saying to you the other day, like, even if we have uh, two listeners, just, just getting to talk to you every week about Deep Purple and kind of catch up and talk about some of the old stuff and, you know, just in-depth learn a few little tidbits, you know, this th certain areas where you know a lot more than me and vice versa and kind of learn some more about the band and but, about what we love about it. That's uh, that's all I'm interested in from this. I don't, you know, if we have, as, if we, as long as we have like five listeners, I'll be happy. No, I want like um, I want to blow up. I want to blow up there's, the internet. I mean, there's it's there could be a reason why there's no Deep Purple podcasts, right? But like you yeah. think, I haven't even found an old one that stopped making episodes. You know, sometimes you feel like, oh, this podcast looks really cool. Last episode was in 2011. All right, well, um, I haven't even found that. So like, somebody's well, got to be interested in hearing a well, discussion about Deep Purple. Nobody was good at it, or nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I gotta, I gotta think that somebody cares, you know. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, I guess we'll find out. There's got, there's got to be people out there. If there are, we will find them. Yeah, they'll, they'll find us. All right. Well, until next week, and we'll, we'll do our, we'll do a fake sign off. Okay. Until next week. <laughs> um. <laughs> See. Uh, we need a catchphrase. Until um, next week. That's it. Bye. No, that's good. That's good. I, like that's good. I think that's going to stick. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also give us a rating on iTunes to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a different kind of website. Don't go there. <laughs> oh, oh, hey. Hey, how you doing? All right, we... <laughs>